Welcome to sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. God's had your protection, and my subtitle is, If I had just looked up, Psalm 121, God's Holy Scripture, Psalm 121, God's hedge of protection. We are going to read the whole psalm as we open this message this morning. Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now we're going to change and I'll mention it, but we go into a second person or not first. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And remember, the first part is personal and the second part is corporate. God is concerned about each of us, but God is concerned about all of us as a group too. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Some translations say soul. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is God's word for God's people. And all God's people said, thanks be to God. Amen. Psalm 121 is known as the traveler's psalm. It reminds us that the Christian life is a journey. You and I are on a journey. Psalm 121 is one of the most famous and beloved psalms of all. And one reason is the question, where does my help come from? Now, we talked about the people of God about two weeks ago, but there is a singular person and then there is a plural between he and you. So we're not just talking about one person. We are. But we're also talking about a group. And so there is a dialogue as these people are traveling and they are encouraging one another. And it's important that we as God's people encourage other people. But it's also important that we are encouragers. That we lift people up. That we edify them. That we build them. Do not be a person who sits around always trying to take in and never give out. Because somehow, some way, if you don't give out, you're going to poison the well. You need to learn to be encouraging. You need to step out. And you need to be bold. You may have all the reasons, excuses that you're shy. That you're backward. That you don't know anyone. But learn to be bold in the Holy Spirit and be an encourager to other people. And so we started last week talking about the God of the people. And you will notice in this text, these eight verses, that Yahweh or Jehovah is mentioned five times. And four times he's mentioned in the third person pronoun, he. And so... This guy says, he, he, he says, from where does my help 
come. And then he answers his own question. My help comes from the Lord who created, who made heaven and earth. And when the crowd hears this, they say, yes, 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 that's true. But he's so much more. He did not just create the earth and the heaven and put them in their place and run off and leave us by ourselves. God is not watching us from a distance. No, God is personally involved in our lives every day, every moment. Worse also saying this, God is the only one that we can truly count on any day and at any time. And it is the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verses 1 and 2. It is the Lord who never slumbers or sleeps. Verses 3 and 4. He is the one who is there day and night. Verses 5 and 6. He is the one who protects us from evil, all evil. And he's with us now and forever. And that's, that had to be quite a revival. Kind of revival that we need in our lives. And as we journey towards our city, they were traveling towards the earthly Jerusalem, toward Mount Zion, to worship in the tabernacle or the temple. You and I are on the same journey, but it is a heavenly journey. We are traveling towards the heavenly Jerusalem. We're headed towards the Mount Zion where angels and saints abide and dwell and worship. We're headed. Towards the temple to worship God face to face. And one day it will be as that song said. We'll behold him in all his glory and all his majesty. And we'll be able to bear it because we'll have a new body. We'll be blameless and we'll be holy. But we're on a journey. We're headed that way. And God is going to do everything, every small thing, the whole shebang, to get you to heaven. God is working. You're a child of God, born again of the Spirit. God is working in your life to change you day to day from glory to glory in His image. So He can present you to God the Father. What a day that's going to be. When God, when Jesus Christ, our Savior, introduces us to the Father. Wow. If you thought you've met some important people in life, he'll seem like nothing. More, less than nothing. When you meet God the Father through Jesus Christ the Lord. We read this verse last week, but I liked it so much I thought I'd read it again. And it's one you ought to have marked in your Bible. It's slide 8, but it says Psalm 138, verse 8. Let's look at it. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Say that with me, the first set line. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Why don't you look at the person next to you and say, The Lord will fulfill, fulfill His purpose for you. Do it, okay? The... Now, some of you must be looking at someone you have doubts about. Because you could be just a little louder, okay? Let's do it one more time. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for you. Try it. 
Amen. He will. Verses 1 and 2 we talked about several weeks ago. And it tells us that the Lord's power is before you and me, the creator of heaven and earth. He sees it above the hills. He just sees it. And then last week we talked about verses 3 and 4. The Lord's provision is with you and me. The third point of this passage is the Lord's presence is beside me. Verses 5 and 6. And we'll read that verse again. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Now shade speaks of God's protective presence. Right hand speaks of God's personal presence. Shade, God's protective presence. Right hand speaks of God's personal presence. As people traveled in that arid country, desert-like, in the middle of the day when the sun was beating down on you, I uh, lived in southeastern Colorado, and we, it seemed like uh, we built a lot of fence, and it seemed like for my dad and grandpa, it didn't matter how hot it was, but uh, in southeastern Colorado, the building fence and the sun beating down on you. But there was always a fear, and they were always conscious of the fact that they had to protect themselves from the sun, make sure they were drinking enough water. That's why, thank God, they made cowboy hats to give you good shade uh, over your head. But in that part of the country, as they traveled, they had the same fear, that the sun would strike them, would smite them, that they would get sunstroke as they were traveling. And if they couldn't find shade from the heat of the day, they were in danger. And so God, he's saying God is our shade when life is hot. Not just literally, but life is hot. There's pressure on you and there's tough times on you. And God is your shade. And the Isaiah, the prophet told us that Jesus Christ would be that. And he foretold it in Isaiah 32, verse 2, where he says that Christ would be the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The other day, Annabelle, not feeling well, she said to me, I'm weary. And I don't know if Deanna didn't hear it well. She said, what did she say? I said, that's a Bible term. (laughs) She's weary. When you're weary, you're exhausted. You're worn out. You're tired. You're beat down. And you may feel that way this morning. That you're exhausted. You're wore out. Maybe you're struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with a trial. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship. But you're exhausted. You're worn out. You're beat down. Well, Jesus Christ is a rock in a weary land. When I first started going to church, real church, like going every Sunday, there was two little girls, the pastor that had adopted, brought into his home. And as we were traveling from Turpin, Oklahoma to Booker, Texas, it seemed like it was a forever trip. It's probably 30, 40 minutes. But about every Sunday, those two little girls were cracked down on this song. Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land. A weary land. My Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. I've never forgotten those girls singing, I didn't know anything much about God. But I know this. Jesus is a rock in the weary land. And if you're exhausted, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're 
empty, depressed, discouraged, defeated. Find Jesus and sit in the shade. All of you know what I'm talking about. There's a world of difference. Even when it's 99 of being in the sun and being in the shade. Even a cow's that smart. You drive by a field when it's hot and if there's a tree with some shade, guess where those cows are? Well, you be that smart. Don't be, don't be dumber than a cow. Get where Jesus is at and get in the shade. And that's what God is for you and me. He is our shade. And that's what they're saying. He is so much more. He's our shade as we make this journey to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And many of you know what I'm talking about. You would have been consumed, overcome, defeated. If you didn't know that Christ was your shade. There's many of you who could give a testimony this morning. Far better than what I'm saying now. Of what God had done in your life personally. When you thought you were at the end of the rope. That there was no hope. There was no way out. And somehow, way, Christ the solid rock. Gave you rest. And lifted your burden. And broke the yoke that was crushing you. And said, hey, i got an easy one for you. Wear this for a while. Psalm 91 verse 1. Some of you are new to the church, but there was a time the pastor before, Brother Freddie, Deanna's dad, Deborah's dad, had him learn Psalm 91 verse 1. There's a time I think you call, maybe he's running now. I think you could call David White up here and he could quote it for you. I don't know if he could do it today, but he could. Had to learn it. But Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I believe this is Corey Ten Boom's verse where it says, You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah, Psalm 32 verse 7. Isaiah 25 verse 4. And I could have just read verse after verse, but let me give you one more. You have been a stronghold to the poor. A stronghold to the needy in its distress. A shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless. What a praise. is like a storm against a wall. And you all, some of you know what that storm is. Beaten against the walls and you can hear it. But thank God he's our shelter. The wind is outside, beating on the walls, but it's not beating on you. Well, that's almost worth eight. I don't beg for amens, but uh, it's almost worth one. The Lord is our shade. Our Lord is near. He's our protective presence. The second thing, He's our personal presence. He's at our right hand. Now, in the Bible, and really in life, people look at this, but right hand is a place of strength. Now, we all know we need God at our places of weakness. But most of us do not realize that we need God even in our places of strength. And if you think you don't need God because you're able to handle this, handle this, handle that, you're wrong. 
Because you really don't know how weak you really are without God Almighty. Not only do we need God to cover our weaknesses, we need God to cover our strengths. And the world doesn't like that gospel. But we need God all the time, every day, in every situation, at every moment. Let me prove that you need God at your strength. The Father of the faithful, a man of faith, a hero of faith, as we find in Hebrews chapter 11. A famine comes into the land, and this man of faith, in unbelief, leaves the promised land, goes to Egypt, and lies about his wife, saying, she's my sister. Here is this place of strength. Faith! You might think you're a spiritual giant. Well, Samson was a spiritual giant. Elijah was a spiritual giant. We find Elijah hiding in a cave asking God to kill him. That's done. It's over. Moses, the Bible says, was the meekness, meekest of meekest people. Humility. Prefer someone above himself. The great Moses. And yet... He got angry at the people, and God had told him to speak to the rock, but instead of speaking to the rock, in anger, he smote it. His strength was meekness, but he still got angry. I've mentioned Elijah. His strength was courage. Marches in, Ahab, it's not going to rain until I say so. But a little later, Jezebel says, I'm going to have his head. I'm going to have his hide. And he runs. This courageous man runs. Knows the power of God. Like probably nobody has known the power of God. Scared. His strength was courage. Peter. Strength was the presence of the Lord. When they came to, uh, the rest, uh, to arrest Jesus Christ, Peter was first to draw a sword and said, Let's take on the Romans! But as you know, a few hours later, Jesus is 30 feet away, being tried. And a little girl, we ought to go get a little 12-year-old girl, bring her in there. <laughs> you are a disciple of Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And just to emphasize that he cussed. Let me tell you something. Add in there. Christians, we watch our words we say, okay? But his strength was being in the present, but away from the present of the Lord, he didn't have it. What I'm saying is, we need God to cover our strengths as well as our weaknesses. And thank God... He is your shade on your right hand. And because He is, it goes on to say, The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The sun and moon stand for dangers that come in our lives in the day and in the night. And you know what strike or smite means? It means to attack, to belt, to blast, to buffet. And so they're saying... 
As I travel through life, I will not fear the heat strokes or sunstrokes of the day, literally and figuratively. And I will not fear the cold and darkness and terror of night. That should remind some of you of Psalm 91. Not afraid of the terror of night, or the, that arrow that flies. Why? Because we have a promise that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Your promise, God's presence, year by year, day by day, month by month. But better than that, minute by minute, and best of all, second by second. Remember, when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, by day he was a pillar of cloud. And by night he was a pillar of fire. He kept them shady in the day and he kept them warm at night. Now let me say something. I'm adding this because I really know how to say it. But my mother was a nurse in the VA hospital system and the, the patients she took, of, took care of was World War II vets, Korean vets, but uh, at that time also, Vietnam, Vietnam vets were starting to come to our, to our, our hospital because it, it's like everybody's who worked in that area. Everybody was connected. And a lot of those who came uh, suffered emotional, mental distress. And she said this often that when the cycle of the month came around and the moon became full, bright, that these patients were harder to deal with because it, something happened. Let me say this. You may be struggling, struggling emotionally. I don't know, depression, discouragement, loneliness, just something eternal. Something you can't even share with anybody you're afraid to, you don't know how. Listen, I'm telling you this, God will be with you in the full moon. He'll be with you. And I'm, take what I'm, I don't mean that literally, I mean figuratively. When you're going through that difficult time, He'll be there to help you and take care of you and protect you. No sunstroke by day, no frostbite by night. And so the Lord, as we've learned, is powers before us, verses 1 and 2. The Lord's provision is with us, verses 3 and 4. And the Lord's presence is beside me, verses 5 and 6. But verses 7 and 8 says, the Lord's protection is around me. And let's read those verses. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. When this guy says, "Where from where will my help come? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth. And I told you they answered back, remember? And I could have brought this in anywhere, but I chose to bring it here. They start talking about the God of the people. And they say that he will keep them. 
Six times in this psalm, they, in the English Standard Version, they tell their friend that they're traveling with, the Lord will keep you. One time it translates it from a verb to a noun keeper, but God will keep you. That's a very rich word. It means God will take care of you, that He will guard you, that He will protect you, that His eye is upon you. We've talked about the basic idea is that God will exercise great care over you. Because He wants to emphasize, these people want to emphasize the protection that God exercises over His people. Six times in eight verses, you are told... That God will keep you. If you have the King James Version, the word keep in verses 7 and 8 is translated preserve. But it means the same thing. If you have that New International Version, you're going to, which we talked a little bit about last week, but you're going to find the word watch over. And remember we talked about, his eye is on the sparrow. And he watches over me. So God is our keeper. You know, that ought to give you encouragement because everyone wants to feel safe. I know traveling as a missionary and you come into a large city and you... I was one of those always found a hotel at the last minute. I didn't prepare. I, I probably I just didn't know what I was going to do, what I wanted to do. But you travel to some cities, there's a big city, and you start looking for a hotel. The first thing you want to know when you're in a hotel, is it safe? And not only is it safe, is my car safe? Because I don't want my car broken into while I'm up in my hotel room sleeping. People choose neighborhoods because of safety. Now, I know that we have a political world today that wants to get rid of cops or they want to have a strong security guard force around them but it is human nature to want to be safe God has promised to you and me safety and security Jesus even made the great promise no one can snatch you out of his hand or the father's hand now this word keep is interesting and it goes to the title of the message it comes from the word meaning hedge. In the old days, instead of having a fence or a wall, people would build a hedge or plant one around their place, around their home. And these hedges weren't just to be pretty. They were built for security. And guess what most hedges contain? Thorns. To make it difficult. Rough brush you read anything about World War II and D-Day and after they get off the beaches, you'll see where they ran into the problems of the hedgerows trying to move forward as they uh, tried to attack the enemy. So there are places of security there. It's a hedge. Now, we use the term hedge of protection. Security, protection. It protects us. Let me give you an idea. Psalm 91, verse 4, slide 19. He will cover you with his feathers. Again, Psalm 91. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Let me give you one you may not know. Psalm 57, verse 1. Look at it. Be merciful to me, O God. This is a prayer. Be merciful to me. 
For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. A hedge was meant to keep thieves out, robbers out, murderers out. It was meant to protect you, and God is our hedge of protection. Be sure to join us next week for part two of this message. Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference.